Hey folks, welcome back to the Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Ayers. And in this podcast, we want to share mentorship to learn how to hunt, fish, and gather wild food. Our goal is to reduce barriers and create an inclusive and welcoming community for all folks who want to learn how to eat wild. So join us as we share stories, ethics, adventures, and knowledge about a way of life that's rooted in eating wild. Welcome back to the Eat Wild Podcast. We are now officially into our adventure hunt planning series. Our last episode, we were hanging out with Kevin Tim of Seek Outside, talking about ultralight tents and packs and getting fired up about gear. Now, the reality is setting in for me here. I'm six weeks away from a 14-day pack raft sheep hunt expedition. It's going to involve paddling long stretches of river and also hiking with heavy packs in the mountains. It's six weeks away and I'm like 15 pounds overweight and I've never felt more out of shape in my life. Obviously, COVID has laid the boots to me here. Well, I like to say that I've embraced the COVID lifestyle. Basically, enjoyed having awesome meals every night, drinking nice wine, hanging out with Mickey. It's been really nice. However, the consequence of that is that I'm now my body hasn't been doing the things that it typically does to stay in shape, like playing soccer three or four times a week or playing ball hockey or going back after skiing with friends and all the things that help me keep my strength and my conditioning up and to be strong and to be able to step out from this normal life that I have and then into the mountains. So for the first time ever, I feel kind of vulnerable. Like I feel like I could potentially get injured if I throw a pack on and start climbing up mountains. And it's a, it's kind of a foreign feeling for me, but it's probably a reality for lots of us that live busy lives and then all of a sudden want to throw a pack on and go on an adventure. So with that in mind, I thought it'd be fun to do a podcast kind of talking about this transition from going from our busy lives, where we're probably a little bit overweight, a little bit out of shape, but then going on a trip of a lifetime where we really want our bodies to perform. So, so I've invited... Emily uh, Whitmore onto the podcast. Now she's a physiotherapist in Whistler with a with Evolve Physiotherapy. Now she works with people that live that mountain culture lifestyle in Whistler. Primarily, her clients, one of her main clients, is the uh, U.S. I believe is the half pipe snowboarding team, where she helps them build strength and and their and improves their conditioning to help avoid injury and of course she helps them recover from injury as well and those are all national athletes so that, that's an interesting part of her job but she also has clients that she helps um, to build their strength up and conditioning for mountaineering or backcountry skiing um, or climbing and all the folks that are doing fun stuff in in that part of the world. And she also has a client that is building her strength and conditioning for an upcoming sheep hunt. Now, of course, that's my good friend uh, and hunting partner, Jenny P, who is joining us on this podcast as well. So the two of them, uh, Emily is supporting Jenny to prepare for this upcoming sheep hunt and has, has her working through a program to build up her fitness and strength in preparation. So I've got them coming on the podcast to talk about that process and to talk a little bit about how those of us who are maybe not as organized and prepared as Jenny and uh, getting out in front of this can 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 build some strength and, and the things that we can do to get ready for these strenuous type activities that we're likely going to take on here in the next uh, few months as we get into hunting season. All right. Now, before we get started, I got some big news. The Eat Wild Podcast has its first official sponsor. Our friends at West Coast Kitchen have come on board as our official sponsor, which is a lot of fun because I um, we had Penny come on the podcast, I think on episode 34, and talk about the West Coast Kitchen story and, uh, and building a freeze-dried food company to create packable food for adventures here in BC. Now they're a local Canadian company. What they do really well is they take whole foods. Uh, they Penny's husband is a chef, so he makes amazing recipes with whole food 
puts them into the uh, into the freeze dry machine, and then they package it so that you and I can take amazing food out on our adventures. Now, it what was a game changer for me is that we took West Coast kitchen products on that on our last. 12 day adventure we basically had freeze-dried food every night and typically in my experience and if you've ever gone on an adventure with freeze-dried food that the products that are currently available uh, can really beat up on you there's a, there's a lot of products are high sodium and they have poor ingredient quality ingredients in the packages and if you're eating it for 14 days or 10 days or five days even, it could really wreak havoc on your body and slow you down. And and it's just kind of punishing, especially for someone like me. Like the idea of very, um, well, I, I'm very fortunate to have lots of wild food, lots of healthy food in my diet. And uh, when I have some of the, of the mainstream marketed um, freeze-dried food products, they really just beat up on me. So West Coast Kitchen has sustained me throughout my longer adventures and done and and I felt energetic and I felt like my body's working well and um, so I'm sold on their products so I'm happy to have them on uh, as our sponsor now if you want to try some of their stuff out uh, go onto their website Google West Coast Kitchen and then check out their products I recommend the butter chicken as an entry point is super good they have a Persian paprika beef that I really like and probably the coolest thing that I had on our last trip was uh, they do uh, they they have a a guacamole basically freeze-dried avocados in a bag and what a treat at at some point during an adventure in the mountains so uh, if you go on there just uh, put your order in put eat wild into the discount code and you'll get a 10 percent discount and you can check out their stuff anyways it's super good quality stuff canadian company and uh, they've been a fun partner here with us so far so all right now let's get into this podcast Hey, Emily, welcome to the Eat Well Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. I'm joined here with my co-host, Jenny Peterson. Hey, Jenny, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty excited because I feel like we're finally back into doing, well, we're right into the thick of our trip planning here. And uh, I'm getting pretty excited. And as you just mentioned, we're, we're six weeks six weeks away from jumping in a float plane and going sheep hunting. So, so th- this series is about... Um, well, preparing for another adventure hunt and, and some of the things that are coming to mind. So I want to welcome Emily Whitmore to our uh, our podcast. And today we're going to talk about, well, uh, we're going to talk about recovering from a year of COVID and going into a strenuous sheep hunting expedition and, and facing the realities of, of trying to get in shape uh, for what might be a, uh, well, a, 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 a 14-day expedition is going to require all of our physical strengths, and we want to put ourselves in the best position. So, so Emily, uh, maybe you could introduce yourself and tell us why we likely invited you on the podcast, and uh, yeah, I'll turn it over to you. Sounds good. Thanks, Dylan. Um, well, Jenny reached out to me, um, which I was pretty yeah excited to hear from her <laughs> um, to, to come on this show. Um, I'm a, my background is I'm a, I'm a physiotherapist and uh, I work full time with the U.S. snowboard uh, halfpipe team actually, and I'm their traveling therapist. <clears throat> and um, yeah, essentially I do that full time, but I also do remote exercise programming, and I work with um, uh, uh, an old colleague of mine now a new, a new colleague again, um, Megan Curl, um, based in Whistler, and um, I partnered her with with her brand called Evolve Phys- Physiotherapy, and it's based out of Whistler, but uh, essentially we're kind of focused on um, creating this hybrid model of care, so introducing the, the virtual component of <clears throat> the reality that we've been living in the past little bit due to COVID. Um, there's been yeah a lot of barriers put up for <laughs> uh, accessing care, so we're trying to bridge that gap, and um, Jenny was one of my first clients in Canada, actually, that I got to work with. Um, in uh yeah for preparation for ski touring actually in the ski season so that's kind of my wheelhouse that's my background but um i've through this exercise program i've kind of dived into a bunch of different areas um helping people reach their physical activity goals while taking into consideration their injuries and any um, things i'd like to address uh, specifically movement wise and um, it's been a really fun adventure for me, and it, it keeps on developing, keeps on evolving, which is great. <laughs> and 
And uh, yeah, um, most recently I've been helping Jenny uh, in preparation for her upcoming sheep hunt with you, which has been super exciting, uh, really fun to learn about, and um, really great to yeah, kind of dive into a little bit of that world. So I'm happy to be speaking with you guys about that. Awesome, Emily. Thanks so much for that. Okay, well, this is going to be fun. So, so maybe Jenny, that this is a perfect opportunity. Maybe you can reflect on the experience so far of working with Emily and and kind of break down what that experience is like. And how is your ass feeling today? <laughs> it's really sore. I did all the lunges she said, and <laughs> it's sore. But I think it's gonna come. I think it'll be worthwhile. Um, I like to call Emily my pre physiotherapist. So if I do what Emily says. I won't end up going to see Megan for physio because I won't need to. <laughs> so that was my goal. Um, I also, yeah, we first worked together when I wanted to get in shape or in better shape for winter. And a lot of it, I mean, Dylan, you're so focused on safety as well. And I find that the I feel safer out there the fitter that I am. So if I don't fatigue, I make better decisions and I can continue throughout the day and keep up with my buddies, which is key to me. So uh, I felt strong this winter and I reached out to Emily again and I said, okay, I'm going on the sheep hunt. I need to raft down rivers. I need to climb up off the river about a thousand meters because that's where the damn sheep live. And I need to do that carrying heavy packs for 12 plus days. So Emily, what has so far been your prescription for Jenny to, uh, to start to work on that parameter? I should give you a couple more parameters and just for the, you know, the, the, the like, and I no doubt Jenny's broke this down for you, but if you're coming from a non, you know, if, if you if you if you work with people who are mountaineers or snowboarders or th- these athletes that are trying to reach their their well, particularly ski touring and mountaineering, it's kind of the same thing, except you have the possibility of adding another hundred pounds to your pack in addition to all the gear that you would need to climb and be in those mountains physically, and then there's this potential of this extreme pressure and then there's also this like there are well well like there's there's this moment in hunting where like you're, you're just like i ski tour and like i can put in a big day of ski touring but they're nothing like a big day of hunting because the drive to to climb to a top of a mountain to look to the next over the next hill for a sheep or a, or a mountain goat or a, or a caribou like it is just it just drives me so much harder and if there's actually a sheep there or actually an animal there like I just push myself so, so much harder than I would if I was just out for a day of ski touring. So those are two factors. It's like there's this extreme push at times and there's a possibility of adding, you know, really, you know, getting up, ending up with a pack, a total pack weight over, you know, up to a hundred pounds, even over a hundred pounds if you're capable of packing it. So those are some parameters, but I'm curious. So Jenny comes to you. What are some of the things that you're, 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 you're getting, talking to her about to prepare for her trip? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, and it's something that I, you know, in the past hadn't really thought about, you know, adding on a casual 100 pounds to me is insane. <laughs> but I mean, it's, uh, yeah, speaking with, uh, you know, friends who hunt and just kind of getting into that mindset a little bit more, I, I, I start to understand it. I start to understand, yeah, where that drive is coming from. And so, um, you know, Jenny contacted me like well in advance, which I was really happy about because it, it kind of gives her that opportunity to really build uh, a nice basis of endurance, essentially, um, and starting a good foundation of strength to build upon. So if we're kind of looking at like a 12 week window prior to the to the hunt, you know, we're talking about just making sure that she's, you know, getting her body used to some of the load, you know, not as intense as 100 pounds as early on. You don't want to fatigue the body, but, um, you know, just trying to get that, that good cardiovascular endurance base um, while adding in strength, but also focusing on the mobility components. So, you know, we come we come at these adventures with a lot of adventures behind us and ideally a lot of adventures ahead of us. And so really um, thinking of and incorporating some of our maybe movement pattern issues or previous injuries become really critical um, in any adventure that you're getting up to, especially one that is going to be so taxing over an extended period of time in, in the remote wilderness. Um, So just having that, that time, you know, to build that, uh, to get into a regular routine and build that base is, is critical. Um, and so that's kind of where our, you know, first six weeks were really drawing from. And, you know, Jenny's 
getting sore now. I know Jenny doesn't like to be sore too much. <laughs> I gave Emily some conditions. <laughs> I don't. I want to be fit but not sore. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It's been a, it's been a challenge for sure. But at this point in time, it's uh, it's important to kind of to build on that, right? Because you don't want to be coming at a left field again, just having all of a sudden a pack that's you know thirty to fifty pounds, and then now it's a hundred, you know. 100 pounds plus on top of that is um, we need to be, yeah, you need to be ready for that. And uh, you need to be able to carry it and get out safely. As you've mentioned, safety is a huge concern. I think this is a good, yeah, good foundation for it. So cool. that's, yeah, that's where we're at. That's a good starting point. And I, and I think I, as we get along this podcast, I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about some specific exercises and ideas for hunters. But, but before we go into the specifics, I'm, I'm curious, like, okay, I'm going to get, so my story right now is that like I have, I used to play soccer th- three to four times a week. I play a ball hockey game. I, I'm a park ranger. I occasionally get out for a hike. I mean, I, if I'm lucky on a, on a good week, I'll get out for a hike. Again, and then I, I typically would get out for some ski days in the winter. All of that has been is it's been gone. Like the work exercise is gone. I basically get out of my bed. I I take half a step. I'm sitting down in my office chair, uh, and like. All of my all my sports are canceled. My dog is fifteen and a half years old and doesn't want to walk around the block anymore. Like all of these little bits and pieces of exercise that have contributed to my my overall fitness uh, or baseline fitness, um, all that's happening. And then on top of that, uh, I turned forty five this year, and I can I, I could feel my body changing in ways because I haven't maintained that baseline of exercise. And then on top of that, um. Like all I do is have amazing dinner parties every night with my partner Mickey and drink great wine and cook amazing food, um, and so like I'm in rough shape, and uh, I'm like so so I imagine that like I'm not the only person that's waking up to like, looking ahead going hey well, I might be able to travel and get back to the things I love doing. Um, mm-hmm. Is your phone ringing off the hook with people saying I need to get my act together and get into shape, or? <laughs> is your is your phone ringing off the hook with people who've gone out for the first time and hurt themselves because <laughs> they're because they're because they're, they're covid they're they're, they're covid fat it's a great question <laughs> the answer is yes to both of those pretty much um it's it's been funny like uh covid has affected people in so many different ways right this pandemic has just um yeah challenged people in a lot of ways that they never thought they'd have to be challenged um, and that goes on the physical realm, the emotional realm, and really a, a big realm of that is, you know, the, the low-grade anxiety everyone feels with questions and uncertainty and things like that. And that, that level of stress takes a toll on the body. So really, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with, with, with quite a few people, um, you know, in a lot of different backgrounds. You know, my background is sport. Um, that's where I feel most confident. So the demographic that I've been working with is, you know, people that are active, that are motivated. Um, and, and generally, um, you know, people were kind of realizing maybe in, in the fall that they wanted to get in shape for winter. And now looking, you know, in the summer, people are definitely wanting to get in shape for summer as well. Um, and I also work with quite a few mountain bikers as well. So kind of looking at that. Um, I have people that, yes, are motivated already, but I do have people that have, have suffered injuries. So one thing I've noticed, especially over the winter working with the team, is anecdotally throughout the winter sport continuum, you know, from ski racing to slope style skiing, um, snowboarding, we've seen more injuries, a lot of soft tissue injuries. And I'm interested, you know, to see if that's a significant difference. I kind of put that feeler out. So I'm, I'm hoping to kind of get an answer on that soon. But I really think that the, the, the changes that people have, so this low-grade stress, you know, definitely changing in, in hormones within our body, and then also our diets, our nutrition, right, play a, a massive role in how our bodies are responding to activity. So it's not necessarily just the, you know, sitting around not doing as much, so those sedentary activities, I think there's all these other components that are really playing into, um, yeah, some of the injuries that we're seeing, and and we and I am seeing them definitely. And like I said, more in the soft tissue realm. So looking at like tendons and um, you know cartilage and ligaments and things like that. Um, people just injuring them with uh, you know less load than they normally would put on them. So uh, it's definitely a component for sure that uh, I'm seeing. Yeah, I was. I had this other thought that 
I went to my first ball hockey game in what feels like a year. Mm-hmm. And normally we get out there and there's, you know, six aside or something. It's a good day. And there was, I think there was 12 aside that showed up for ball hockey. And I had a couple <laughs> thoughts. I was like, well, is this everybody is like, it's just so aching to get out that everybody came out and it was a sunny night in Vancouver. It's a beautiful night. The other thought I had is that we're all like, you know, like between 35 and 45 sort of thing, this group. And I was like, I wonder if people have been like so sedentary that they've all healed up from injuries that they've had for the past like year. And maybe that's why all these guys are able to come out. Cause I know that's what happens. Like our, our, our numbers fluctuate based on injury um, right. to participate. Right. So uh, it was just a thought about that, but I'm sure it kind of goes both ways with this long pause as some people have healed up and got into shape. But. Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing. Yes. A lot of people, you know, have been kind of like, Oh, you know, my, my neck doesn't hurt as much, but now my low back does, right? Like with the sedentary kind of new aches and pains come up and those old, more, um, you know, chronic overuse issues really tend to, you know, dissipate. So that's fair. Um, but I think that the, the most important thing is as people are returning is again, building up that base. And like you mentioned, <laughs> the base will, will keep you strong as you progress through your activities. <laughs> So, so Jenny, you've been so you've been working with Emily for about is it six weeks now? Is that I interpreted that from? Yep, on this uh, was it six weeks, Emily? Because we have six weeks yeah. to go. Yeah, it's been like maybe closer to like seven. How seven long has now. how long has my butt been sore for? I would say maybe eight weeks. Yeah, yeah it seems longer. And we were together um, in the fall, but then again, specifically for the sheep hunt, I think I reached out mid February and we started in March. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. 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 yeah that just later, later in March. Yeah. Because I the reason why I asked is that I because I'm now committed myself to getting into shape as of last week. So you're behind, yeah. and I'm not carrying your pack. <laughs> so, so do I have a chance of getting my uh, building strength back up in the next six weeks? Jenny, how do you feel right now after six weeks of treatment or of commitment? Well, I. A commitment with Emily means four workouts a week broken down into four different categories, and she's far better to speak to this than me. I would say three out of the four kick my butt. Uh, so three out of the four seven days a week kick my butt, but on their so-called rest days. What was the one you sent me the other day? My rest day was to go hike up a mountain that was significantly <laughs> steep for a minimum of two hours. So, yep. <laughs> Dylan, I think if you commit to six days a week of an hour and a half a day I feel ready to go I feel like I could go sheep hunting tomorrow I feel amazing um but that is what I have put in to date is an hour and a half six out of seven days a week every day mm-hmm. do I have to yes. quit smoking too do you, think? <laughs> you are currently drinking an alcoholic <laughs> beverage <laughs> It's a neutral. I've committed to a keto lifestyle. So, so. Um, okay, Emily, I'm going to turn it over to you. So, so in my situation, I, I've uh, I'm probably carrying an extra ten pounds or fifteen pounds if I if I'm optimistic. Uh, what are what, what would you challenge me to do over the next six weeks to um, help me to to get ready for carrying? a pack uh, uphill for six to eight hours a day. I think you, we also have to um, acknowledge Emily's whole encompassing package and her strength is that she's not like, Oh yeah, Dylan, go pick up this 30 pound weight and carry it up a mountain. She's going to say, okay, let's watch you move. um, See what your strengths and weaknesses are and go from there. Because if, I mean, she could just say, okay, this is what you need to do. And then, and you pull the hammy. So I would say that's, and I, I mean, when we initially started working together, I'm like, oh, I'm going to test her. I'm going to hide one thing. I'm not going to tell her about this one. And she found it immediately. It was very, very impressive. She's like, oh, what's wrong with, what was it? What's wrong with your shoulder? I was like, oh, (laughs) caught me. Well, well, maybe that's a better question then that I should pose is that if I, if I came to you and said, hey, I got to go sheep hunting in six weeks, what would you say to me? I'm 15 pounds overweight. I've had lots of great, you know, date night dinner parties over the past year. Where would you start with me? What would that process look like? <laughs> That's a great question. Maybe I'd tell you to go see a therapist first. <laughs> 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 you, need to, 
You need to work through quite a bit before you go on this. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Jenny kind of alluded to this. Like, my my interest is really sort of bridging the gap of, of physiotherapy. You know, in Canada, physiotherapy, we, we do a lot of hands-on manual therapy. But I think where our, you know, profession really lacks is bridging the gap between the late stage of rehab or chronic injuries and then getting back into the activities that we enjoy, you know, to 100%. And so I really do like looking at movement. I, I like seeing kind of like where deficits lie. Why do you have chronic back pain? Is it really because of your low back or is it because, you know, you're not strong through your hips and you're not loading well through your shoulders? So just trying to get, you know, everyone has a movement story and that's, you know, accumulated through their movement patterns or through their injuries or just through their habitual movements, whatever that looks like. It's just kind of getting into that and seeing like, hey, do we need to break things down? Where can we capitalize on your strengths and where can we build up your weaknesses and how can we get the to work together so that's kind of where, where my expertise lies if you're coming to me six weeks to a sheep hunt and you're looking you know you you know maybe you're not in the best shape of your life it sounds like maybe the extra 15 pounds are not muscle and that's that's the reality of things definitely <laughs> um, not muscle <laughs> it's just kind of looking at like okay well what are the demands of your activity you know what are you doing like are is the hunt that you're doing like a week long you know maybe deer hunt where it's not so strenuous you know from what i understand of a sheep hunt this is one of the more physical but also mental uh, mentally strenuous um hunts that a hunter can go on and so kind of looking at these different elements and also considering you know the, the different functional movements as well as the different uh you know systems that your body is going to use and when i say systems i mean more like cardiovascular system you know strength um and kind of empowered how they all interplay and so you know that's something that i sort of was you know, breaking down for Jenny and just trying to think of like, okay, so we have this much time, how can we do that? Now that we're getting towards six, six weeks too, you know, ideally you should have a good cardiovascular base. If you don't have that, that's important because what you want your body to be pretty good at at this point is, you know, clearing out a lot of that lactate buildup and having a good cardiovascular base is good at that. So I'd say, hey, you know, start running, okay? The, the repetitive impact will be good for your joints um, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit, you know, stressful, <laughs> um, with the extra, with the extra weight. And if you're not used to that, but, but kind of get into that. And also the best, the best thing too, and I tell that for ski tour, ski tours as well, is the best way to get in shape for the, for your activity is by doing your activity. Cause ski touring and hunting and backpacking, it's so unique. It's not really replicable, replicable, excuse me, replicable in a lot of different ways. And so just get outside, move like that, do that. So if you're considering, you know, okay, incorporate your cardio, um, get outside, hike, hike with weight, not too much, build it gradually if you can, if you've got the time, and then think about your strength, okay, and think about strengthening not only those big mover muscles, but those smaller muscles to support um, your joints as well. And, um, yeah, we can go over some specific exercises, stuff like that, but just kind of considering those three things. And then ap apart from that, thinking about your nutrition, thinking about your hydration, um, you can really get as scientific as you like, right? Um, not everyone will follow the same <clears throat> uh, regimen for hydration and nutrition because all of our bodies are different. Um, you know, we, uh, process, um, foods differently and, um, and we, you know, go through water differently. So those are the other elements to consider that if you know yourself, <laughs> then you can, um, build on that a little bit. And the other piece of that is your equipment. Just get used to it. Like anything, you know, you got to be comfortable with your pack. And if you haven't had your pack on you, just get it on you for as much as time because you're going <laughs> to, you're going to have it on you for a while. And I think that that's super important, you know, being comfortable with that. That was a real mental game for me the other day when you and me, I think I had 30 pounds in my pack and I probably had it on for 25 minutes. And I, oh, I can't just, I just can't wait to get this thing off me. 25 minutes. And we're going on this for 12 days with this weight that'll be on me all day long. Whew. So that was a real mental a mental challenge for me and that I recognize and I'll be able to work on for sure. The other one I really like too, a huge tip I think that'll work well for our hunting audience is to, I've been training in my hiking boots 
and you suggested that based on the mobility in my ankles will be different. So if I'm doing the squats, I'm doing them in my hiking boots. Um, I haven't done the leg mount or the jump squats in my hiking boots, but maybe that's next. <laughs> yeah, it might be next. But you know, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> do everything within reason. But yeah, I mean, I, I think equipment is is huge for sure, especially in the weeks leading up. Yeah, and great. well, your hiking boots add a lot of weight to your overall. Yeah. You know, it, it, and adding it to your feet, I think, is exponentially harder for your body to pack it up the mountain. So it's a great way to, you know, yeah, hiking in he- heavy boots is a great way to start kicking into shape for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I've got, I, so this is going to be fun. So I, so I, 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 I've done a couple of these things, which is good. I, I'm paying attention to my diet more so than ever. And that's, and I and I know that my body responds very well to. I mean, I eat really well all the time, maybe too well, um, but I'm very conscious of what, what what adds weight. So you know, beer's gone, no, no more beers, and uh, and uh, and I and my partner Mickey is big on. Like, uh, she she's a ketoer. She likes to eat lots of vegetables and meat, and we're very meat rich right now. So we'll be eating lots of meat and vegetables, and I know that my body will respond well to for losing weight and. Nothing. I I know that when I get on the soccer pitch when I'm 185 pounds, I feel better than when I get on the soccer pitch when I'm 198 pounds, um, and and just how much I move well. And so, so I'm very conscious of that part. So I, I'm working on that, and that's relatively easy to manage. And I think I can meet my weight targets within six weeks. I can probably just focus on that diet and get strong. Um, One of my other mental tips is when I go into the fridge and I go to reach for a beer, I'm like, oh, do you want to carry that up the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> not really <laughs> like no it's not gonna be on your backpack it's gonna be like on your little muffin top like no i don't want to lug that up the mountain <laughs> oh i okay, love so, that <laughs> so okay so l- let's talk about a few um actually let, before i go to specific exercises um maybe we could talk about a co- like injuries that we would be trying to prevent with the type of activities that we anticipate doing, which is hiking with a heavy pack up steep hills and down steep hills. What are the type of injuries that you see, Emily, um, in your, in your role as a physiotherapist, uh, with, you know, particularly ski tours that, that, and that type of thing from, from stress injury. Oh, well, what type of injuries do you see? That's a good question. I mean, a lot of, a lot of kind of what we see is, is, is trauma, right? Like traumatic injuries. So, you know, misstep and sort of a ligament injury from that or a fracture or something along those lines. Um, you know, most common joints involved, you know, we're seeing a lot of knees, um, definitely like mild traumatic brain injuries, so things like concussions from, from that type of trauma as well. Um, and then, you know, if someone's more in the, like, let's say mountaineering side of things, um, you know, you're seeing when the upper extremity involved as well, like the shoulder, but typically we're seeing a lot more like knees, um, and then, yeah, concussions. Okay. That, that's what I'm most worried about is my, is my knees and especially mm-hmm. with extra weight and whether it's my, my weight or packing Jenny's pack for her cause she's wimping out, um, <laughs> you know, uh, happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it uh, does not happen. Um, uh, but no, but definitely the the reality of of of, of yeah, like like I've I've had knee problems my whole life, and not problems, but just like I've had snoring knees, and I've had in, knees, injuries to my knees over over the years. Um, so yeah, I want to be strong. I want to be strong. So, um, like, what types of exercises would you recommend for for both Jenny? Uh, well, let, let's talk about Jenny first, and, and what type and what her needs are, and what types of exercises would you sort of direct her to? Like, we don't need to get into the too deep into the details, but generally, the the, the areas that you're trying to strengthen and support Jenny for for her goals for this trip. That's a good question. Um, so now, like as you're leading up to it, it's um, uh, mainly just more of the functional side of things. So you know, looking at um, like she said, squats, lunges, just adding weight to those, making sure that you can <clears throat> um, do those more, I guess, uh, lower extremity uh, challenging exercises such as, yeah, squats and lunges um, and uh, do that with weight. And then also just looking up at getting on and off the ground, right? Like <laughs> that's hard to do with weight. Um, so kind of looking at, uh, you know, kneeling, uh, get-ups or um uh, Go start doing with her like Turkish get ups because um, those are 
you know, focus on form, but also a little bit of that overhead load as well. Um, and then looking at drags as well. So um, kind of a little bit more of that high intensity, um, higher weight, uh, you know, um, n- not as common a, of a movement that we like to spend a lot of time loading, like a drag, you know, your spine is in a flex position a lot of the time, depending on what direction you're in, it's kind of awkward. And so ideally with a good um, core uh, strength base that she'll be able to kind of get into that. I really felt those with the suitcase lifts for sure, given mm-hmm. say my pack was on the ground and I wanted to pick it up and swing it over my shoulder. So I quite like those ones. And it's good to know the thought process behind those stupid kneel downs with the pack up that really <laughs> are quite painful. Um, But now that makes sense because I remember Dylan, we were coming out with elk on our back and it was three in the morning and then we were in grizzly bear country and we were exhausted. And I was like, don't, don't sit down, don't sit down because you're going to have to get back up. And I sat down and I was sort of stuck. I was definitely turtled. The guys had to help me roll over onto my hands and knees and then get up from there. So yeah, it would be, it would, it would be good to avoid that next time, more from a pride standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of it's something that I. It is sort of an interesting. I mean, our last hunt, and I and I. It, it is a tricky thing because I mean, like when you start to load, like to live out of your pack for ten days, like you you need to have. You know, minute, you know, pound and a half of food, two pounds a day, maybe, you know, and like it adds up, right? Like that's, that's, that's you know, that's 10 times two, 20 pounds plus your everything you need to survive plus guns, bullets, and a, and optics. Like your pack is going to be 50 pounds, right? So if you weigh 135 pounds, like that, you're already maxed out at, to what your body can actually do. Mm-hmm. So then, the, then it becomes you know quite a challenge as to what do you do if you add on another forty pounds to sixty pounds of weight to that? Is yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also learned last year too to increase that that we'll have to increase that weight is because when we where we were hunting where we wanted to hunt there was no water. So for one trip up the mountain, we carried what two days worth of water, which was not pleasant. No. So can you build up Jenny as someone who weighs, uh, well, like who is, you know. I weigh 150 like, pounds. So you can say it publicly. I'm okay with it. It's <laughs> all muscle right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot she's of muscle. Solid. Yeah. She's solid for sure. As a, as a hunting partner, she's solid. And mm-hmm. <laughs> as a friend, she's solid. And uh, yes. Um, uh, but can you help Jenny? I know Jenny can pack around a 50-pound pack for for 10 days with me up and down mountains but can you help jenny take another 50 pounds if she kills her trophy ram this year and wants to keep don't wants to do a full full mile with the whole hide and everything that's just technical stuff we don't need to worry about yeah. can, can you help her of course another 50 pounds? Is, is it- <laughs> of course i bet you she could do it even without training and i think that's like that mental game that we we're talking about <laughs> Um, but yeah, definitely. And I think that's now is kind of when we start building up again, um, a little bit more with the weight and, uh, adding on things that yes, unfortunately make you sore, but really, really build onto that. Cause now like what we're looking at in terms of that, that strength component, we're, we're changing the, um, parameters in terms of what, how much you lift. So we obviously add weight and then we change the sets and the reps um, to, to kind of match that. So we're, we're getting the, uh, we're achieving the goals that we essentially want to, to build strength, but also to build a little bit of power to support, um, her as well through that. So, yeah. I like that confidence. That's awesome. Oh yeah. She's got it. I know. I think there's a, another, it's sort of more of a biathlon component mm-hmm. to this too, which I think is unique as well, considering we might hike up that mountain, I mean, sheep take forever in my mind to age, so that will allow us to control our breath. But hike up a mountain, pull out your rifle, um, and be able to fire with controlling your breath after you've done that. So I think that would that's an interesting one as well. Um, I don't do well when I'm tired or irritated. So one of the things that I'm going to do this weekend as training is I will have a 40-pound pack, and I'll be with my parents, so likely I'll be ahead of them. Emily also has me doing, what, 10 
<laughs> lunges every five minutes. Ten squats and ten lunges every five minutes. And I and ideally, right. I think and this week or next week, adding in your your weapon, you might be in this in this one. But yeah, yeah. And Dylan, I wanted to ask you about that. How is they going to feel in Manning Park if I'm hiking around my unloaded gun? Is that something I can even Definitely do? Definitely not. Yeah. That's what I thought. So I don't so I'll have to do that more remote in more remote hikes. So that is sort of a barrier to that training, which I thought was interesting. Uh, yeah. for sure. But what I am gonna do this weekend is bring my scope and then after my lunges, I'm gonna whip it out of my pack and try to set it up and glass some stuff. So really get into that practice like you play idea. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good move because uh, yeah. Ideally again you know, one of the things, especially for like biathlon too, is you know talking about a lot about the cardio component. I really can't emphasize it enough because your body being able to steady your breath afterwards and drop your heart rate after afterwards is a really big indicator of cardiovascular fitness and like your lactate threshold. I don't want to get too technical with that, but um, it's it is really important and and a lot like you can get to that point much faster where you are able to focus, settle down you know, calm the nervous system down, ideally, if you are in a fitter state. Um, so that's why I, I emphasize it a lot, because I think it's really important. <clears throat> and Dylan, I found that one of your strengths last year is we would be rafting down the river, and you'd pull over and you'd be glassing, and Selena and I would be eating cheese and giggling. <laughs> like, you had a, a really intense focus, which I'd rather, I'd really like to bring into my into my trip this year yeah I, i'm pretty driven when it comes to the hunting part of things it just takes over which is probably one of my strengths as a hunter and what will help me get up the, the hill eventually it's I, I was just thinking about this thing about hunting it's like hunting season is kind of backwards for me so the way that it works is you start out with sheep hunting which is the like most challenging hunt of the year uh where you have the biggest mountains and such to, uh, to to tackle with the heavy pack on your back. And then you go to elk hunting, which is then like long, tough days of packing meat and lots of climbing mountains as well. And it's like a 10-day expedition. So by the time you've done your sheep hunting and elk hunting, I'm getting pretty in pretty good shape. And then it's mule deer hunting. So now I'm going back to backpack hunting, but it's shorter trips, alpine hunts, and I'm feeling pretty like ripping up and down mountains, no problem. The last couple hunts of the year are like in whitetail country, which is like rolling, forested, grassy hills, like super chill. But you can like hike all day, like up and down hills. And like the part that reminded me of this, Jenny, is when you like that your heart rate and, and like when you climb up a little mountain or a little hill when you're when you're whitetail hunting in November, like you climb up and your heart's like beating, but you're just like hey, you're totally calm and like you can for, you can shoot no problem. So. It really should be the other way around. We should get white tail season first to like build up some strength and then mule deer hunting in grasslands and then mule deer hunting in alpine and then elk hunting in the where you're packing lots of meat and then sheep hunting at the end of the season. And that way I'll be fit for it. Um, this way I'm just uh, get really in shape for white tail hunting, which, which the, some of the guys we hunt with who are 82 years old are just as successful as us who are a little bit younger. <laughs> You've also left out bear hunting, which is for me involves driving my truck through logging slashes, <laughs> which is not good for my fitness, but overall it's been pretty successful hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I looked I at one, I'm like, say... ooh, that one's far from the road. Ooh, that one's <laughs> literally the one I was looking at on on Monday night. I was like, oh, that's that's about 300 meters. Whoa. <laughs> So Emily, you'll be proud of us. So so Mickey and I, we 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 harvested a bear uh, last week, and mm -hmm. it was down the bot. It, it was on a kind of a cut line, and you could actually drive to the, down the cut line. You could actually drive down to where the the bear was. Basically, uh, it, we we he went he went in the bush away, so we had to pack him a couple hundred meters out to the cut line where the road was. But we had parked five hundred meters up the hill. And on the other side of the bump, because we wanted to hunt this little area. And we decided not to go get the truck. We're like, let's pack this bear up this hill, which is about a kilometer back, you know. Yeah, maybe about a kilometer back to the truck, up a hill. And that was like, that was my training. That was like the beginning of my training, like 100-pound pack loads up the hill. Like, yeah. So Hey, there you go. I mean, like, yeah, you're doing it. You started your training already. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so, so eight, eight weeks then. Okay, so I got six more weeks. You're fine. 
<laughs> okay, so I'm worried about. Okay, so uh, for for me, the 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 getting kind of ready for a hunt like this. What are some What are some basic things I can I can consider? What What types of exercise should I be focusing on? Uh, we talked about running. I've been I've been getting back on. I've been getting running. I've been cycling. Getting out to the soccer games. Uh, now that we've opened up and and a little bit of ball hockey and running around, get my cardio up. Um, what about like, but to focus on some of the stressors that I'm going to feel while I'm hunting with a pack on, what are some exercises that I should be thinking about doing uh, in preparation for that? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good question. Um, uh, and again, uh, you know, I kind of revert back to like just the functional components of things. And so, <clears throat> you know, as much as you can do with your pack on you is great loading that up and then doing exercises. So, you know, getting your pack on, going hiking, just as Jenny's doing, doing squats and lunges every five minutes, regardless of, you know, what terrain you're in, what that looks like. So how many squats, how many squats am I doing? Uh, 10 squats and 10 lunges every five minutes. Well, this is while you're hiking. While (laughs) hiking with your loaded pack. 10 squats. Okay. Write this down. Yeah. <laughs> Turn lunges. This is what I've built up to, by the way. Too. Mm-hmm. So it felt really good doing my whole leg belter routine the other day with weight and five rounds instead of four. When I remember the first time I ever did it, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was good. Done. <laughs> Next, abs. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the leg melters are great. So that's another good thing that you could just throw in there. And that's essentially just. Um, uh, 10, you know, you can start it at the 10, the 10 range. So you can do 10 air squats, um, 10 lunges, 10 jump lunges, and then 10 uh, squat jumps. And then you can do several sets of that. And then you can build up, you know, up in numbers up to 20, um, 20 lunges, not 20 sets. And then looking at like, yeah, four to five sets. And if, you know, if you take about 30 seconds to a minute of rest in between, um, That'll get you going for sure. <laughs> That'll get you going in terms of your um, your uh, strengthening programs. But uh, you know, on top of that too, um, I think like overhead carries are really great. So taking your loaded pack and just kind of like yeah, walking around um, with it overhead for a period of time, you know, up to like a minute, two minutes, depending on on where you're at. That really just kind of builds that nice shoulder strength, good sh- shoulder proprioception as well. Um, like I said, Turkish get-ups are really great too. What, um, what is a Turkish get-up? Yeah, it's essentially like holding a kettlebell or weight over your head as you um, go from laying down um, into like a kneeling, like laying down, doing a crunch up, rotating so that you're rotating your shoulder outwards, kind of a little bit more lateral. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Kneeling yeah, and then stepping up. Yeah. Those are great. I think those are really good. Um, as long as you're doing them correctly, like this is also part of the thing that kind of drives me bonkers is how many people are in exercise, <laughs> you know, programs or doing exercise regimes, but like aren't necessarily focused on their quality of movement because then you're just asking for injury and then all of a sudden your hopes and dreams of hunt have just been thwarted. So, you know, as much as it is important to, to do this type of lifting, it's also really to, to make sure that you're, you're doing it well and you're careful with your movement. Um, and I think, yeah, that kind of comes back to that safety piece. So, you know, as I'm saying all of these, just being really, really mindful um, about that quality of movement. And if you're unsure about that, you know, there's some some resources that you can, you know, um, look look into, or you can consult, you know, a trainer or a physio or something along those lines. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's an aside. Um, I think, uh, yeah, hiking with loaded pack, especially with something if you can't hike with your weapon because, yeah. Because <laughs> of whatever reason, <laughs> people not, might not be too happy about that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, hiking with something that just kind of like creates a little bit of that asymmetry. Again, you know, it's not you know everything that we do in a gym is a really controlled environment. It's just not the reality in the field. It's just not going to be the same at all. So just trying to create as much of asymmetry and as much of that, you know, um, similar types of movement, I think would be would be my focus for sure. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people use sandbags, but again, you can just kind of use a weighted sort of tied down pack, you know, and you can do um, flips, 
um, into like overhead thrusts, so kind of getting into a little bit more of the, the power zone. So um, starting with a sandbag or a backpack on the ground, flipping it up into like bent elbows, almost like a bicep curl, and then dropping down into a squat with your arms up overhead. Um, you know, those are also really great kind of full body, more functional uh, types of exercise. Um, cool. And, and we can do all these things. So, so the other thing that's that's going to be key for Jenny and I is probably we're going to spend the next, like, uh, the next six weeks, two of those might be in uh, my boat fishing mm-hmm. on the west coast of Vancouver Island. So it do does that. present some challenges as to how we're going to build in and commit to doing um, 10 squats, 10 lunges, and some over, um, some like, a couple of Turkish get-ups um, uh, while on the boat. While catching halibut and spring salmon, and so that sounds delicious. <laughs> hey, the boat is actually—it's totally doable, though. The boat's really great training because, because it's totally unstable surfaces. So just get in yep. the boat, do some lunges, you know, do some squats, and reeling in the—you know—an aggressive halibut or an aggressive salmon. That's a lot of work. So as long as you're catching fish, you, you should be doing okay. <laughs> yeah, but M- Mickey, my partner, she's training for fi- this fishing trip, so. She caught this like massive lingcod uh, last week, and it it just pulls so hard. And and she's 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 not she's pretty slight. She's she's a petite person, and it, it just like the the fish was very big and wanted to rip the rod out of her her arm. So like she got it up, and it was a beautiful fish and successful fish. But then the next day she's she's doing push ups because we're going we're going out to the west coast in a, in a week to go uh, fish for salmon and halibut, which are a more aggressive fish. So she's on her training program, getting uh, buff for our fishing trip. Um, nice. So I'll be doing squats and lunges and Good. such while in the boat. We mm-hmm. we have these things called downrigger balls that are ten pound balls that are basically kettle bells. So mm-hmm. we've got lots of those in the boat that are part of our fishing kit. So I'll be I'll be I'll be deadlifting some some um, downrigger balls. And, Perfect. Uh, Perfect. And then you can the regime. yeah throw in a couple like Russian twists. You know, get into the core a little bit. Those are great. Perfect. You can do that. With I, I the... think I think this is going to turn into a bit of a. I, I think it's going to be an Instagram feed for sure. Getting fit <laughs> on the boat for sheep season. And, I'm looking uh, forward I'll, to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be texting you for like for for support on uh, uh, messaging you like how do we do this and uh, yeah, getting tips and uh, and sharing with you on the on the Instagram. Yeah, I mean that sounds great. I think our trip's going to be a bit different for sure. Like last year, we were drinking <laughs> lots of beer and eating fish and chips on the beach, <laughs> but we still went sheep hunting. But we didn't. It was a successful trip, but there was no sheep that came home with us. So maybe this is the key. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely this year will be. Well, I mean, it'll still be awesome. I mean, and I think all of us are in the same boat. Scott's got you know two kids, and he's been you know young kids, and so he's not as in shape as he'd like to be. But he's a tough guy, and I think Spencer might be in really good shape though. He's been he's been taking. I, I know that some people with COVID have really like gone from taking advantage of the pause to get really in touch with their bodies and get super fit. And he's mm-hmm. one of those folks that's done that and changed his diet. And he's like, he's got a climbing wall in his, in his, in his house that he's like on every day and building strength. So I'm a bit worried that Spencer might be like sitting at the top of the mountain waiting for us the whole time. But mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, but yeah, we'll have to. Scott showed up at our mule deer hunt super fit. That was a couple of years ago, but I was quite impressed. Yeah, he's tough too. We're all tough, but we, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll we'll have a good time for sure. Emily, this has been pretty fun. I and I, I've learned quite a bit here, and it's been fun just to hang out and get excited about this, and ultimately just making a commitment to myself to to follow through with this stuff and keep at it. Um, and all the stuff that you've you've shared with us has, has resonated for sure. But we usually have a couple of questions for our guests before we let them go. Um, now we have to modify them a bit because you're not a hunter. Um, yet i don't know if you have any interest we haven't talked about that yeah well let's go there first no i mean i definitely i um i have i've always had an interest in in hunting for sure i just um you know it was actually interesting because i was listening to your listening to your podcast a couple days ago um where you spoke with um i think his name was jimmy from hunters of color Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that podcast. But one thing that kind of, kind of stood out to me, you know, sort of, you know, bridging beyond the, 
you know, the, the inclusivity, racial component of hunting was just sort of like, um, yeah, like what you're doing, really just bridging the gap to the community. So for people who don't really have that background, how they can actually get involved and learn and, and enter it in a, in a safe way. Because not everyone has, you know, that friend that's just dragging them along and showing them everything or their, their parents or something like that. And so uh, that definitely resonated with me. Um, you know, my experience around guns is not much. Do I really want to go out and like, but I want to learn. I don't know. That's pretty intimidating for sure. Um, but for someone who really does love the outdoors, it's, yeah, I've definitely, um, yeah, I'm interested in it. And, uh, I think, uh, yeah, now I know that there's great resources out there. It definitely maybe nudges me in the right direction. So, Cool. Yeah. Well, you got, you got, you got a mentor in waiting in Jenny and, yeah. uh, I'm sure she can support you lots and, uh, and, uh, get you out shooting anyways and building some comfort there. And if you're a ski tourer, my problem in the fall is when ski season going to start? When ski season going to start? And now it's like, oh no, oh no, ski season's starting. I haven't finished hunting yet. Oh, it's a col- oh, my worlds are colliding. What do I do this weekend? So it's so fun that way. Yeah, and I, like fall is definitely one of the more challenging times. You know, like you can't, you don't really want to go mountain biking as much anymore. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good bridge for the activities. <laughs> well, and it's for you. It's right in your backyard as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Just a treat. Yeah, totally. So we got two questions for it. One, normally we ask like, what is like the your dream adventure hunt? Uh, but we'll 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 change that because you're an adventurer. So what's your like? And looking ahead to this year, like what what is your dream adventure coming up in the next while that you'd like to accomplish? That's a good question. I'm I'm kind of one of the. I don't dream too big, you know, I try to go a little bit more local. Um, I really, uh, well, local, like at least in the province. Um, I really like to do a surf trip on Haida Gwaii. That's something that I've always, uh, I've never been to Haida Gwaii and I would just love to spend, you know, three weeks and just, uh, yeah, seeing the landscape, learning a little bit more, um, you know, about the history of the land and the people and then also just surfing not crowded waves. That sounds pretty great. <laughs> So that's that's one of my yeah dream adventures, and then of course there's always the winter adventures where um, the wedge curry traverse is something I'd really like to do. Uh, hopefully in the next year, so we'll see. Cool. Ooh, that's a big one, and we get to stare at that one every day. Every day, awesome. every, I look at it every day. I'm like, maybe I could do it. I don't know. <laughs> so hey, Dom, we'll that's see. cool. So I got, I got to, I'm going to try out a new question for you for our our podcast guests. And is it, okay, this is, what is your most memorable backcountry meal that you had? Of course, this is Eat Wild and our focus is always tying things back to, to the, to the food and, and our adventures. And can you, can you think back on a, on an amazing backcountry meal that you've had that, uh, that you can share with us? Yes. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, actually when I was in New Zealand, I did like a 12 day hike with, uh, with some, with some friends and on our first night, we brought in, you know, it was like, I mean, as you guys know, 12 days of food is a lot of food. <laughs> it's a lot of weight. And I'm not a big person. Um, so on our first night in, we, we decided to treat ourselves and we brought like fixings for sushi. <laughs> like we brought rice. We brought like a little, um, uh, you know, uh, seaweed wraps and we ended up going fishing and caught a few fish. What they were, I could not tell you. We definitely cooked them, so it was warm. <laughs> but uh, we made uh, we we made some sushi, and that was probably the most like decadent backcountry meal I've ever had, for sure. Awesome! That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, the, the question works. Okay, so that, that that's going to be a keeper for our wrap up questions with our guests, Emily. This has been fun, Jenny. Mm. Any more questions for Emily while we still have her? Um. Oh, one of the other things that I wanted to just touch briefly on is I asked Emily what I would do to taper before we went on the hunt and she said I didn't <laughs> so I thought maybe like the week up it would be more mellow and maybe throw in a massage or something and she's like no you have a 17 hour drive you're good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be sure to stretch <laughs> uh, yeah that's pretty much it it's yeah <laughs> she can handle it i have to admit though jenny you have like your adventures have been one of the most like entertaining for me to to learn about hear about and to work with you're definitely like one of the my clients that get most excited about helping because you're just you're always doing something something wild and it's uh it's yeah it's great to be a part of that 
Right on. Woohoo! Thank you so much. It's been great. Um, we need to get together and eat some some good food when we can Definitely. soon. I yeah, hope. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Great. Okay. Well, this has been a fun conversation. I really appreciate Emily taking some time. If people want to find out more about you or, or Evolve, where can they find you? Um, yeah, you can go to, uh, to the Evolve website. Um, it's uh, evolvept.ca. Um, you can also email me. My name is simple email, Emily, E-M-I-L-I-E at evolvept.ca. And yeah, you can get more information on our remote exercise programming. Perfect. Okay, so we'll 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 link all that up in the show notes, and uh, and it'll be posted on our Instagram feed. And uh, this has been fun. If anybody has any questions for Emily in this content, just just drop the uh, drop the question in our Instagram uh, uh, comments uh, where we, where we posted this episode. That way, we'll feed it back to Emily, or we'll answer it ourselves if we know. Um, but it'd be great to get some engagement there. Um, yeah. Again, Emily, thanks so much for ha- hanging out with us. We'll we'll let you go, and uh, we'll sign off here. Thanks so much, Dylan and Jenny. Dylan, it's great to meet you and Jenny. Uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs> Sounds right. good. Thanks, Thanks. buddy. Okay. Bye. 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 Hey, folks. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Now, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a question either on our Instagram or Email me directly at dylan at eatwild.ca and we'll do our best to answer that question on our future podcast or we might even build an entire podcast based on your questions. So thanks for doing that. So if you want to hear more from Eat Wild, you can come join us. We're doing a series of Eat Wild Learn to Hunt webinars. So we're getting together on a monthly basis talking about all things hunting with a group of mentors through a webinar format. There are tons of fun come join us there. Now, if you happen to live in the Vancouver, Burst Columbia area, we do in-person workshops where we get together, learn fundamental skills for you to be a better hunter. Hope you can hang out for one of those too if you happen to be in the area. Now, we'd love it if you could leave a review or a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. That'd be a great help to us. And more importantly, share this podcast with folks who care about the stuff we're talking about. So thanks for doing that. Until next time, eat well and wild. Well.